Hey guys, welcome to the Newbie Real Estate Investors of New Jersey podcast. My name is Joey Chan, and I have my co-host here, Jonathan Boyle. And I'd like to introduce our guests today. We have Rosalind and also Edwin from Helios Management. So guys, welcome. Hey guys, thank you for having us. Rosalind and Edwin, how'd you guys get started in real estate? Well, basically about seven years ago, I just bought my first multifamily property in New Jersey. Wow. Um, just kind of got sick of renting and added up all my rent expenses for like 50 years of my life and decided that that was way too much money to be giving away. So yeah, just kind of went the traditional route, got an FHA loan, found a little old two-family house with a basement and uh, fixed, lived in the basement, fixed the other two units while I was living in the basement and then got some tenants in there. So that kind of gave me the aha moment that, you know, real estate was the way to go to, to build. Right. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. that's kind of how it all started. Nice. So you started with all the strategy house hacking. Yes. Right. Exactly. So yeah, that's, that was the way you initially started. And uh, a lot of people start that way. Yeah, yeah. actually I, I got started that way too with a two family in Irvington. Um, you know, had the four bed, two bath, second and third floor unit uh, as a rental. And then I lived on the first, eventually, you know, I lived in the basement and had a tenant on the first floor, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a sacrifice, right? Nobody wants to really do that. It's yeah. not the ideal situation, but you got to kind of think that it's, you're just planning short term, you know, for a bigger long-term goal. So Ed, how'd you kind of get started into real estate? So I, I worked a corporate job, not until too long ago. I started around, I guess, six, six years ago. A friend of mine was investing in real estate and he had already bought a couple of multifamilies and he was kind of talking to me about it, you know, trying to get me interested in it. I had already, you know, lived in a property that I purchased myself. So, but I wasn't looking at it as an investor. I wasn't thinking about real estate as a long-term plan. I'm, you know, I worked in the stock market. So most of the money that I had or most of the experience that I had was focused on the stock market. Real estate was never a big plan for me until he kind of did things very simply. And it was very basic. He was just buying a couple of multifamilies time, you know, not like at any speed or anything. He had already acquired, I think, like seven multifamilies wow, at that time. And he was making pretty good income. It just dawned on me that, you know what, it's a good investment. He was doing pretty good and he was doing a very simple basis. And I wanted to learn more about it. Like around six years ago, about almost four years now, I went full time. Okay. So I left, you know, my corporate job and I started doing this full time. I invested a lot of money into my education, came uh, immersed in this business itself because now I started doing it full time at, at that point and started investing in, in doing flips while it's rental. Focused a lot on, you know, helping a specific type of demographic, the veteran community. Because mm -hmm. I'm a veteran myself, as long as with my partners as well. Uh, we're military veterans and do some work in the veteran community. We try to help out some veterans who need housing. And we've been focusing on building more units for them, as well as other short-term rentals and, and longer-term rentals. It was pretty much just being around some people that, you know, were doing the right things. And I started seeing if I could do the same thing. Thanks for your service. As you know, mind that I'm a veteran as well. So, super <laughs> five, brother. How'd you guys get introduced? To one another we have a mutual friend i know mike for many years we're introduced through that mutual friend okay. we're part of a uh, wall street professionals chat group chat exactly so we're part of mm -hmm. another group and um there's a lot of individuals from wall street there and other you know businesses and we're nice. both from the bronx 
Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is almost like a finance thing, right? So uh, I, I also came from Wall Street myself. Um, I was a Series 6, 63, um, you know, registered rep. Uh, I had life, uh, New Jersey, New York life and health insurance licenses as well. Um, so, you know, I did a lot of like mutual funds, retirement accounts. Did you guys, in terms of your, uh, you know, your Wall Street experience, what, what did you guys do? Um, so, you know, I, I started off in very early, like in my early 20s, probably like around 23, the New York Stock Exchange on the trading floor. And I was just a product support analyst, you know, pretty much just supporting our product, which was, then I, I moved up to different businesses like high frequency trading. I worked at BNY Convergence for a little while, trading on a, on a software level, doing more the New York Stock Exchange that it was a wholesale market or an auction market. Yeah. And then I went into investment banking. And investment banking, I was the last position that I had there. I was the global head of the um, America, well, sorry, the America's head of uh, global banking and do other like accounts management, onboarding and KYC uh, data. So it's more, mostly for investment banks that I worked in the last few years of my career. And it's more, it was doing a lot of onboarding of clients, of new clients and working with their data of what the bank was going to do to, you know, support their data. How, how about you, Ross? Um, I don't come from the Wall Street life. Oh, I, okay. I, I thought you did because no. you were in a group. That's why. I'm yeah, no, no. I, well, okay. I, I invest in stock and I'm a numbers person. So my background is actually in revenue management and hospitality. So okay. I worked for hotels for about 20 years from the bottom all the way to regional positions. I've opened a couple of properties up in New York, in Miami, Panama City, Quebec, and focused basically on budgeting for the properties and making sure that strategies were in place to sell the rooms at a certain rate, you know, seasonally, off season, to make sure that every month we made our numbers. So I'm very high, highly focused on stats and numbers. I just always been that person. So, of course, I translated some of that energy into investing in stocks and learning about, you know, that industry myself. So that's how I got into that group chat. Nice. Very nice. Uh, transition into what you guys are doing today, right? Start off with Rosalind. Doing in your business today. So I'm not in hospitality anymore. So I right. actually launched a online learning company. It's called Urban Teach NYC. Nice. Uh, and Urban Teach Latino, which is basically the same thing, but translated into Spanish with Spanish content. Basically just training and providing educational material for first-time home buyers, coaching groups, and also people that want to start online businesses. So I focus on real estate for the beginner level and then uh, in, into startups as well with the online community. Co have a couple of products out there now. Edwin and I are partnering up with our next uh, masterclass, which is kind of why we're coming together. Yes. Since Edwin has a lot of more experience and the other side, you know, the more advanced levels of real estate. So it's kind of what I do full time now. And I'm a landlord as well. Of course, that's, that's awesome. You know, it's funny you brought up that like you're looking to help uh, first time homeowners because... Uh, like I was talking to Joey a little earlier today, like I, I get these questions uh, fairly frequently from like new wholesalers that are trying to learn in real estate. I realize I know a lot more than I really, than I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> like a friend of mine hit me up as far as trying to buy a home because I posted a, a Facebook post like, hey, I want to sell one of my two family homes. He reached out to me. He's like, oh, I'll take it. So then I asked him, do you have a pre-approval? 
And he's like, what's that? Like, even little things like that. Yeah. Then I had to teach him that. And then he's like, oh, how much do I need to have down? Which then I had to teach him a little bit more. And, like, I referred him to one of my guys. So there's a lot people don't really know. (laughs) Yeah, you'll be surprised if if you're not in the industry and you're not an owner of a home, that most of the people in your circle, like in family, friends, people growing up, this is stuff that's not taught to us, right? So traditional education doesn't teach about real estate. They don't teach about loans or type of loan products, right? FHA, what is that? Mm-hmm. I have family that told me all the time, I want to buy my first house, but I'm saving 50 grand because I think I need 25%. And I'm like, where do you get that number from? And it's just, there's a lot of bad information out there. So um, yeah, it's, it's a huge necessity right now. Yeah, no, it's funny. Like I didn't even know anything, like going into my first property, buying it, I really didn't know too much about closing costs. I was like, wait, so I need like 10 grand to <laughs> close all this? So, you know, I figured it out, but it was just kind of funny, like how how little I knew back then. Yeah. Yeah. And that's information that even a lender won't even really clarify for a first time home buyer till the very end. And then you have people scrambling to get to borrow five, 10,000 just to get it done. Yeah. They definitely don't teach you any of that stuff. Uh, I remember when I I bought my first house uh, back in 2004, I bought my first, you know, like personal, personal resident and I could have gotten it through an FHA, but, you know, I did conventional, but I had no idea, you know, so exactly like the example you were saying earlier, Roslyn, you know, I, instead of like, I had to save up that 40, 50,000 and I could have just came up with 10,000, you know, so I could have bought a house like two years earlier. What about you, Edwin? What do you, um, what do you currently do in terms of real estate uh, now that you're full time? What are your like strategies, things like that? My focus, focus of our company is always going to be long-term buy and holds. Okay. That's the principal focus of the company. And, you know, most of the strategies that we deploy are based around those, that focus. We do build and develop property for sale, but it's a part of the business that we do as fund other projects. But the, the focus mainly right now is regular rentals, which we have uh, in Union County, Essex County and other counties, as well as uh, veteran housing and short-term rentals. You mentioned veteran housing a lot. What do you do in the veteran housing community exactly? Do you work the HUD-VASH program, or is there anything else that you do that's more in-depth? Uh, we do work with the HUD-VASH. So for, for those who don't know what HUD-VASH is, uh, HUD-VASH is one of the programs we work with. But HUD-VASH is very similar to Section 8, but it's for veterans, and it's funded by the v- Veteran Administration. And it's a program that gives vouchers to veterans who are looking for housing. So it's a good program and we do work with it, yes. Yeah, I, I actually have uh, one tenant in Patterson. We try, you know, we, we work with those programs as well as other programs. We work with uh, nonprofits as well that help out other veterans. We work with charity organizations that, you know, uh, help out homeless veterans. And we try to help out a lot of homeless veterans ourselves, even veterans with mental uh, disabilities or, you know, PTSD issues. That, you know, in other situations, they might not get housed in a, in a regular situation. These are um, a demographic that they're having a lot of issues with finding housing. Some of them are in the streets. Some of them are staying in family's house and they can never get a place on their own. So we, we, take, we take a lot of time to try to help them and work with these organizations who have uh, supportive services as well. So we work with the, um, the agencies who give them men- mental health uh, services, uh, supportive services. 
transportation, medical services. Some of them take them directly to the VA and get them, you know, all the medical services that they need. Because you'd be surprised. Uh, you will alter a lot of, um, so for example, the VA loan is a no, mo no money down uh, loan for uh, a owner-occupant, you know, veteran. So you can essentially get a house uh, for no money down. And some of the closing costs for, in some cases, are paid, uh, all, all, all closing costs, right? So you can acquire a house for zero. Uh, only 15% of veterans take advantage. You know, it, uh, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty drastic, the amount of information that, you know, these veterans don't know. So they don't take advantage of things like this. And many of them end up not having a lot of the benefits, although they, they do have the ability to receive those benefits. They just don't, you know, claim them. So we work with those agencies who do that for them and help them with those benefits. And we provide housing to these veterans. Better. I don't want to put you on the spot here, but uh, roughly how many units do you have or, or the company has? So I have two partnerships right now. Okay. And, you know, between myself and one partnership, we have about 44 units. Wow. And another mm -hmm. partnership, uh, that partnership has about 100 units, I think it is, something like that, wow. in, in low-income veteran housing. Nice, nice. I mean... How, how'd you get involved? Uh, I'm just curious for myself, actually, but I'm sure someone else in w watching this would be definitely interested. How did I get involved in, in like, uh, work, working with, uh, veterans and housing and things like that? Uh, well, you know, it, it was a thought of mine because we're veterans, right? And yeah. we're passionate about being veterans ourselves. My partner is a Marine and I'm a Marine and we, we love the military. We support the, the military. So when we wanted to, you know, form this business, uh, we wanted to focus on military housing or veteran housing as a niche of this company. So we were initially looking for properties located close to military bases um, or other areas that we can help the military themselves. And it ended up being that, you know, eventually we, we, we looked at other avenues and now we're supporting all, all types of veterans. So we're from veterans who are regular uh, veterans getting out of the military who have families and now they're looking for a house or veterans that are currently in the military and they're traveling to veterans who are homeless or veterans who need supportive services. Uh, just to be a little more direct, I guess, do you just reach out to like the veteran affairs office or like who, who'd you reach out to get more involved with that? Um, so initially, yeah, we, we reached out to the Veteran Affairs Office. There's different Veterans Affairs Offices all over the different New Jersey uh, counties. Um, so you can reach out to your local Veteran Affairs Office. They have housing offices or HUD offices in the Veteran Affairs or the VA uh, hospitals. And you can reach out to somebody there and get the rep and, you know, see what type of services you can offer or how you can help them with some housing options. Uh, maybe they have a few veterans that are uh, disabled who, you know, might need some housing. Uh, maybe they're in their hospital now. So there's different ways to do it, right? You can work with the city as well. There's uh, different types of demographics uh, that we uh, work with as well, aside from veterans. So we work with seniors, you know, like senior uh, assistance or senior, senior housing. We, we also have a passion for that as well because my grandmother passed away and I always want to to see, you know, if, if that situation arose again in my family, that somebody, you know, is taken care of and we have the right housing options for them. Same thing, my, my partner is very passionate about domestic violence or assisting women with domestic violence issues, 
who need housing as well. So uh, most of the most of the areas that we focus on are uh, niche areas. And it's because we're passionate about it or trying to help that demographic. Thank you. Yeah. So, Roslyn, um, what do you, the program that you guys have, right, Urban Teach, can you explain a little bit more to our audience about that? Yes. So, well, the company itself is right. based on online learning, focused on online learning. And now I've evolved into doing some group coaching sessions. So that's when, you know, I get to kind of talk to a group of folks that have the same interests, right? They come together, they want to learn one specific subject. Um, for example, you know, first time landlords, you know, first time landlord, you're, you buy your first multifamily. Mm -hmm. Now you're trying to figure out how to find a tenant, you know, what kind of lease to use, what kind of background check uh, to perform, how to look through a background check uh, document and identify whether a tenant is a good tenant or a bad tenant. So just kind of, you know, facilitating the process with having one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions, not one-on-one, -on -one, but group sessions where everyone is there for the same purpose. Mm -hmm. um, so initially the company was more focused on creating seminars and workshops, you know, in-person seminars. Um, I did that for the first year in New York City, uh, in most of the boroughs, you know, I focused in, lower income areas like Harlem and the Bronx uh, and uptown Washington Heights, uh, providing uh, classes on first time home buyer, um, you know, financing, improving your fi finances or financial literacy. You know, that was kind of the first initial round of the company. After COVID, I decided that, you know, the online learning platform had to take uh, more of a front seat to the purpose, right, of what I was trying to do. So this is why um, I kind of created other products to help still get the information out there or for people that are, that could be based anywhere without having to all meet in one central you know, location in person. Um, so the upcoming masterclass that I have with Edwin and his company is going to be focused on teaching someone that's in a nine to five position, how the, the, the basic core concepts of getting into the flip business. There's a lot of people out there that work jobs and they want to get into the rehab business, but have really no clue kind of where to start. Mm -hmm. um, so Edwin is the perfect person for that. I, I haven't done any flips. I don't have any experience with that. Um, but it's a, a huge chunk of the, of my audience, right? It's yeah. kind of focusing on that first timer niche where people want to, you know, buy a house that's a little old. They want to fix it to either rent or flip. But again, they need someone to kind of give them that overview of the, the key pieces that goes into, you know, flipping a home outside of just watching a show on TV, not getting the full scope and not getting, you know, the real on kind of the good and the bad and the ugly that comes with it. No, yeah, because they're just getting the HGTV stuff. Right. Yeah. You, get the, uh, you have to meet with the homeowner. And, and, and this is a real life example. You meet with the, or I mean, sorry, you meet with the home buyer at like 5.30. You realize <laughs> a Friday. Uh, he's a big jerk. And then you guys are both negotiating over a sales credit because the township isn't giving you a CO because they have a vendetta against you. <laughs> yeah, all yeah. that. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's certain things that I wish that I, that I knew when I started this business and I'm going to go over some of those things. Uh, hopefully it'll avoid some, some people from spending more money than I did. Cause you know, 
<laughs> doing a, a renovation on your own the first time, especially if it's a big renovation, um, which I don't recommend a newbie to, to do any big renovations. No. Uh, I always uh, think that somebody that, that it's their first time uh, flip or big renovation um, project that they should limit the amount of money that they spend on these renovations because uh, the more money that it, the more it could get complicated. And it's, it's too many moving parts. Uh, the more, you know, moving parts you have, the more money you might end up spending over your budget. Um, right. So, you know, uh, we're going to go over some things like that to, to help out uh, someone who's never even, you know, been, in, been involved in any real estate deals starting from, from scratch uh, to understand at least the basics and avoid certain, you know, mistakes that uh, more experienced investors have done before them. Yeah. And the goal also is to kind of put real information out so that if it's someone that thinks they might want to do a rehab or a flip because they think it's cute in their minds, you know, from mm. what they see on TV, maybe after getting, getting this information, they'll realize that, okay, that's too much for me. I, it's not something I want to get my hands dirty with. Let me go the other route. Let me find something that needs maybe little less work and focus maybe on cash flow and getting rental properties as opposed to, you know, having their minds set on buying an older home that they think they can kind of do all on their own, not understanding all the moving parts that, you know, are needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. And, you know, flipping is a strategy a lot of people like uh, to use. Um, but if, if used right, it can help you get more longer term investments, which should always be the focus um, to, to have passive income. Right. Yeah. Although, like, uh, like you were saying, so I guess uh, sometimes flipping is a little bit more glorified than it really is. You know, oh, you can make $60,000 from, you know, this flip mm -hmm. if you do the numbers correctly, but they don't really, you know, like they don't add up uh, a lot of other holding costs, uh, closing, um, taxes. <laughs> and wholesalers, wholesalers be like Newark. 300,000, single family, ARV, 800,000. Right. <laughs> Where did you repairs, get the ARV number? Repairs, 20,000. <laughs> right. It's basically being held up by like one, one platform or something. Yeah. A little high damage. Yeah, so that's the just goal. The goal is to the always put... Is missing. Just a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The goal yeah. is to put out real information, you know, I, and I do that with my coaching groups. You know, I don't sugarcoat anything. I make sure that anyone who wants to be a landlord and wants to get into the business understands that, yeah, it's good and it's good and good when the money comes in every month. But if a tenant stops paying you for three months or if a tenant starts pouring oil down the drain or starts bashing your walls in or starts having fights every day in your unit, like there's things that come with it. So okay. Okay. keep it real with them. Since both of you are landlords, can you guys give the audience like one quick story about like something really bad that happened on one of your properties? Or, or which one? <laughs> <laughs> just something that just stands out for you. Yeah, something that just like just pops in your head that that happens. Well, I, I've honestly I've been lucky. I haven't had too many crazy experiences. I've heard of others which have made me yeah. It can be hurt. somebody else's experience. Doesn't yeah, but I mean, you heard. for me, I think my biggest lesson was that those first two years where I was seeking tenants, um, renting to a tenant 
and not verifying their backgrounds and not running any kind of, you know, not checking their employments as they claimed they, they were employed or they claimed to have an income and renting a unit out to someone that, you know, try to, I try to relate to, you know, she was a, a female, single mom, the whole situation. And then not doing my research actually cost me because then this person actually turned out to not be employed to have boyfriends that were paying for her rents that were clearly showing up in her unit and causing fights. And I had to call the police and a bunch of other stuff. And then I had to learn that, you know, you can't be your tenant's friend. Like it's a business transaction. You can, you can be human, right. And understand certain situations, but at the end of the day, you have to have your papers in order. You have to have a certain, you know, um, there's like know how to, yeah, a little separation. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I learned that the hard way. So yeah, like that's one of the big things I was taught. Like never, uh, be f- friends with your tenant, and also if your friends prior to never oh, rent yeah. to your friend. I don't do it. <laughs> no friends, no family. Nope. Yep. Edwin. <laughs> first thing that happened. To so me. it's your turn. <laughs> one of the worst things that I've seen. Um, few but i think i'm almost ashamed to say this one um it's okay we all look okay. and learn. we got you we got you no nobody's listening oh. don't worry <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh i had this one tenant veteran by the way um you know we check we check uh we have a screening process and we check um you know uh, backgrounds uh mainly for criminal background checks um we don't focus too much on credit in our low-income um rentals uh, but we do check the backgrounds. We we make sure that they are employed. We check income, uh, employment verification. Um, you know, we we have an application they have to fill out. It's three pages long. We need to know their history, their eviction, if they have any. Um, um, so we go through a, a very extensive screening process, right? Well, we had a tenant. Um, this wasn't too long ago, a few months ago. Um, this guy, he was he was a great guy. He was one of the most cleanest guys I've ever seen in my life. You know, his, his, his unit was immaculate. Um, and I think towards the end, he just was deteriorating and he was using drugs and he ended up breaking into one of the other units of one of the other tenants and stealing money. So, um, the other tenant, you know, he called us and he said, uh, someone, you know, broke into our, broke into my unit, you know, and I have money missing. So we started looking at the cameras and we saw this guy. <laughs> and when we approached him, he says, uh, you know, I just saw the door open. I just went in there to make sure everything was all right. Um, so I went into the unit and I just went to close the door. So, you know, um, that was the first time. So we gave him a warning because uh, there was other people that were complaining about him, doing other stuff. Like they were lending him money. So he was just taking the money. He didn't pay them. Um, so when we went and we spoke to him and we gave him a warning and we told him, look, you can't go into people's apartments, right? Um, somebody's missing money, you know, like we can report you to, to, to get arrested here because obviously that person's pissed off. Now they want to kind of, you know, have like a fight with this guy. They want to, you know, and, and cause, cause a, a situation in the house that I'm trying not to, you know, let this happen. So we went to speak to this guy. And we, we told him that, you know, essentially he's got he's to gotta go, right? So the next day, we get another call. The next day, literally, like, 
it was early in the morning. We had just spoken to him late at night. And the next day he broke into somebody else's room. Oh, geez. So um, he, he, he was gone that same day. And we just couldn't deal with that anymore. So um, the guys wanted to press charges. So he got scared that the cops were going to come. Um, and he just left on his own because he knew the other uh, guys that lived in the building, they were going to report him to the police department. So he was going to mm -hmm. get arrested. Mm -hmm. So he got scared and he left. So that's pretty much the worst thing I've dealt with. Wow. That's, that's pretty severe. So uh, did, did he take his stuff or he just kind of like just yeah, he abandoned it? He was pretty clean. His, oh, his okay. Right. right. Unit was, was immaculate. I'm telling you, when he, when he left, it looked like the first day he moved in. Oh, wow. nice well i mean that's at least uh considerate of him yeah right yeah uh, he but, just needed some money from other people <laughs> he needed the drug well, money so. eventually eventually the tenants the tenants who um he took money from uh told me that he paid them back oh oh wow. but, okay you no know, i felt bad for him the guy's a veteran right you know yeah they, they go through their own issues and um, we never, we don't try to kick them out. We don't, we try to avoid that situation. Um, but in certain situations, you just have to really, you know, evict them because, uh, they do impact other, other people. Right. So you can't have somebody in a building that's impacting your other tenants and then they're causing a, a ruckus or chaos in your building. And, and, you know, the other tenants are not going to want to live there. So you can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, uh, it's, funny um one of uh, my the tenant that is a uh, veteran so he they live or she lives in a two-family home I have um on the upstairs and because uh like of her anxiety or whatever she has three um dogs I forget what they're called uh um, support support animals not, not so I don't think support they're uh it's like one step above it or whatever. Emotional. Emo yeah, so something, something like that. And so, like, you know, you really can't say no. And, you know, I don't want to. But, like, the downstairs tenants would hear them every now and then, you know, like, patting. Or not, not, not even really barking. It's just them walking around the apartment. So they reached out to me, and they were like, uh, a little irked asking, hey, can we have a pet too? And, you know, like, yeah. So <laughs> I kind of just caved a little bit. They were, luckily, they only, they, they got a cat instead of another dog. So, you know, but, you but know, if you allow, they, they all they on time. Everything's good. If you allow <laughs> one tenant or if you allow cats or pets in your building, everybody Everybody yeah, wants I mean, one. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying that building. Yeah. Yeah. You're a softy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay strong, Jonathan. That's why yeah. you say no. You gotta have a, a a buffer or some type of uh, um, space between you and the tenants. Yeah. Manage no, that part of the business so that you don't deal with the tenants too much. Um, yeah. No, I had an assistant that did, but then he accidentally told them I was the owner. <laughs> so then, you know, it didn't, you know, what buffer basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, uh, for me, all of my tenants know that I'm the owner, that I'm sort of like self-managing the property. Um, they haven't been that needy, you know, to ask for a, a ton of stuff from us, you know. So, um, so, so far for me, it's, it's worked out. I mean, you know, I, I try to be not, not too like personable, you know, like try to be a little bit cold to them. They're like, Hey, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> oh, just to clarify. Yeah. Oh, just to clarify. So it's not like preferential treatment or anything. I did actually uh, like ask them to have like a pet fee and a pet deposit or whatever. So that's fair. Yeah. 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 That's very fair. So, cause you know, I couldn't, I can't say no to the upstairs tenant, but the downstairs I was like, uh, okay, well this can be asked from any tenant then I guess from now on, but with a pet deposit. Do you have carpet carpets in that apartment? Oh no 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 oh, okay. whatsoever. I was gonna say because it's gonna cost you a lot more. Oh no, I'm not. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> no carpet. I only allow pets in one of my properties. Um, I actually haven't seen the apartment in a couple of months, but I I don't expect it to be damaged by the pets. They look like they're good tenants. You know, I've already seen the apartment um, a few months after they moved in, so it was in in good condition. Um, but they're the only ones that actually have pets in that building. So I've been okay with the pets. Uh, most of the other tenants, they, well, none of the other tenants and none of the other properties have, have pets and we don't allow it. Uh, only in this specific building, we allow it and it's, it's okay. It hasn't been bad, okay. but we don't allow huge, huge animals either. Cause you know, some of these situations you allow a, a big pet, they'll come with a horse. <laughs> tenants just don't know. You, a you sure I can't they're bring my elephant? Right. Have a limit. Right. Uh, it, I, it's funny, like one of my Airbnbs, uh, they asked, hey, can we bring a dog? And, you know, they were, they're going to stay for like two weeks. Uh, you know, so it's a good amount of money. I was just like, iffy. But eventually I said, sure. And then they're like, oh, can we bring another dog? And I'm like, you know, you give, you give, you give them an inch and they want to take a mile. Yeah, say do. no, Jonathan. I know. I need to <laughs> say no. You get a great Dane in your house, or three, or <laughs> five. Might as well let the grandparents move in. <laughs> you know, two oh, and no. uncles. Oh no! For my Airbnb, Dance. uh, the they, someone actually flat out asked if they could have a party, and we noticed that they just created the account July 2020. So I was like, oh no. Heck no, not letting that happen. So Project X now. <laughs> they were like, let's create this new profile so we can rent that house and throw a party. <laughs> or any house. Whatever's going to allow us. You got to have a clause in your lease for all of that stuff. Absolutely. Um, yeah. we, we try to put clauses that, you know, for certain things that we don't allow. Um, and we speak about it before the tenant moves in. Um, as, as they're already you know approved and they're ready to sign the lease we go over that we let them know you know uh what the rules are in the property uh we what we expect of them so we can set the expectations uh at right. the beginning of our relationship mm -hmm. and i don't have to worry about that well you know you can own 
you can try to do so much, but hopefully that the screening process has that we have, because we try to screen these tenants good enough where by the time they sign the lease, we expect them to be very responsible tenants. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so that, that lease is definitely the Bible. That's, that's my, yeah. my term. Our lease, I think it's like 24 pages long. What? You beat me. I do. That's crazy. That's <laughs> crazy. Ridiculous. But yeah. uh, uh, it, it mentions everything, you know, uh, from repairs to maintenance to um, security to pretty much almost every clause that you can think of. Yeah, I have garbage removal of mine. I, I didn't add snow removal yet, but garbage removal, no parties, no illegal activity. I have, I have everything on there. Yeah. Ours too, yeah. I have a 23 or 24 page as well. There you go. People see it, they're like, what the heck is this? Yeah, I, need, I need a copy of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like 11 pages. It's called the Bulletproof Lease. No, yeah. it's funny, like, uh, I had one tenant, I guess, because, you know, she, this was like her first time getting out, uh, uh, you know, like from her parents' house or whatever. I uh, remember her. Oh, That's yeah. never good, by the way. Oh, the story of these. Yeah. Never I already went through one of those. She has great credit. Um, thank God, you know, like they pay on time or even before time, like on the 30th or 31st. Um, but like, I literally sat with her for like two and a half, three hours going page by page, going through that lease because she had questions. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, she was just a very thorough person, like not, and you know, nothing wrong with her. It's just like, it was like little things that I just had to explain through every page. It was like a painfully slow process. Was she a good tenant though? Cause I, I have the opposite experience. Okay. She doesn't really complain about anything. Um, you know, they pay on time. Everything's good with them. Yeah, I had the opposite experience where I rented to a girl that moved out of her parents' house for the first time, had the great credit history, all of that. But of course, she had a good credit history because she was at home paying no rent, right? <laughs> so month three, it was already a disaster. It was like, I can't afford the rent. I thought I was going to be able to afford the rent. Oh. Yeah, so I have an issue with the new, newly renting ad young adults as well. Yeah. It can get tricky. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was two friends that both have uh, teaching jobs nearby uh, where they live now, and uh, like I know both their jobs, like you know, have all their information. Even one of them has their parent cosign. So okay, wasn't wasn't one of the uh, parents like a, an attorney or something like that? Oh no, no, that was bef the one I was gonna hi uh, run to before that one. Oh, okay, okay. That was, yeah, no, there was one. Two attorneys is a little. <laughs> right? It's a little yeah. tricky. Yeah, no, it was funny. Like, it was uh, for the second floor. They, they live on the third floor. The second floor, before I got my soda program tenants, um, they, like, th these people were, like, tooth and nail, like, going through the entire. 26 pages and like they like crossed out one thing added one thing and oh mind you like since I sent it to them uh as a uh, word doc like they didn't even show me the changes which was very annoying 
Mm. Um, and then like, I'm telling them, no, this has to stay, this has to stay, this has to stay. Um, eventually to the point where they were just like, okay, uh, never mind. Uh, you know, like we're out and like, they didn't even, it, it was very unprofessional. Like for, uh, the father to just like basically ghost me <laughs> where I had to figure out that they weren't interested. I was granted, I was still showing the property, but you know, it was just such a huge ordeal. Like I had, I went through all this just for them to disappear. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I only send out PDF versions. I'm not. Oh, and that actually reminds me, uh, screen, uh, your assistant better too, because <laughs> my assistant apparently uh, went to hang out with them after, <laughs> too, like the 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 kids that were gonna rent the apartment. Well, they they were beca they became friends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his assistant no longer works for him. So. Yeah. Oh. Okay. That was great. That was Good. Awesome. <laughs> Jonathan. I'm learning, okay? I, you know, like, Jonathan, you're a nice guy, Jonathan. That, that's, why I, that's why I tell people, you know, like... He, he's a I great guy. It, if I can do it, then you can do it. <laughs> like, I, I don't consider myself a smart person, you know? You know, He's a, he's a brilliant person. Housing is, is, is a way to help out, you know, renting or rentals. It's a way to help out a lot of people. A lot of people are, you know, looking to have situations. It might be a young adult who is getting out of mommy and daddy's house or somebody who might be getting divorced or someone mm -hmm. else who needs a house. And, and you know, it's certain situations that you, you try to help as many people as possible. But there, there are ways to sort of distance yourself so they don't take advantage of you also. Right. Because... Right. You do experience that as well, where people do take advantage of you. I love the stories you guys shared. Where can people find you guys on social media? Uh, what platform? And for me, um, at Urban Teach NYC. That's the handle for Instagram. I do have a Facebook page as well. I'm not too active on it, but it's there. Okay. But uh, Instagram, yeah. So at at in sorry at Urban Teach NYC. My contact email is on there. Contact phone number as well. Um, and DMs, of course. I answer those regularly. What about you, Edwin? Uh, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. Our company handle is at Helios, H-E-L-I-O-S. Uh, the letters M, as in management, N-G-T. What's uh, the best piece of advice you give someone who wants to get started in real estate? Um, for me, I, do, I would just say, you know, get your finances in order. You know, there's a lot of people that might make a salary to get into real estate but don't, don't necessarily manage money well so making sure that you keep your debt low that you keep your credit in good standing keeping tabs on your finances is huge because again you might have the money to get into your first home but if you don't have your money you know in order once you you're into that first home you can end up you know potentially losing it if you're not aware of managing your money correctly. So managing your money is huge for me, for someone that needs to get started. Since Rosalind spoke about the money, um, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I think uh, another piece of information that I, 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 I think is, is very important is to uh, network and become, be around the right people, um, to, to keep a, 
uh, a, a group of people around you that perhaps know the business a lot more than you and continue to network because that'll help you um, understand a lot more from a, a, a perspective that probably would have taken you more, much longer um, if you didn't otherwise know these people. So for me, it, it's allowed me to, you know, fast track my business, um, allowed me to, you know, leap, you know, years ahead uh, by being, you know, around people that know a lot more than I do. Definitely. Good advice. Yeah. You know, I want to thank both of you guys for getting on the podcast and show. And um, don't forget, uh, g- give the date of the masterclass that was coming up. Yeah, so that is July 21st, Tuesday, July 21st at 8 p.m. It's a 90-minute masterclass, so registration is open. You can go on urbanteachnyc.com to register. Awesome. Um, everyone that is here for the first time uh, for the YouTube channel or for the podcast, please like, subscribe, comment. Anything we can do to help the show, you know, is really, really, really appreciated. So take care, everyone.